0: Hello and welcome to Glory Bee. Interesting people and how they pray.
1: Each week we chat with interesting people about their lives, their work and how they pray. I'm Sharon Hannish
0: and I'm Father Vince Fernandez and we're joined by our producer Mike Malcolm. Today we welcome Mr. Eric Krakowski, an old college buddy of mine. Eric serves as the assistant principal at Deshane Academy and All Girls Catholic High School in Omaha, Nebraska. Among other things, he directs their sustainability efforts and their international exchange program. He gained internet attention because of his clever snow day phone messages, which he sang to Disney tunes. And as a special guest, we've got one of them here.
2: going to have a snow day on Tuesday, February 2. You can wear your PJs all day long or read a book or bin some Netflix too. You could bake yourself some cookies. I don't care as long as you're safe inside. Tuesday is gonna be a snow day. Don't ask it about this Wednesday.
0: So that is classic, right there, um, Eric. That,
2: that's oh. the one that got us started, Mike. Yeah,
0: that, that was it—the original.
2: I love
1: that. Yeah.
0: And disclosure, way back when, 30 years ago, Eric and I were in a band in college, the, the seminary classic rock circuit. Uh, we did that. Now, Eric, when he was at seminary, he got a BA in history from St. Mineridge College an MA in theology and an MS in educational leadership, those last two at Creighton University. Eric likes baseball, and he loves to read, travel, and spend time with his wife and two kids. Eric, Welcome. Thanks for
2: having me on. It's great to see you again, Mike. Yeah.
0: I hope you're staying warm.
2: Yeah, we've had a bit of a cold snap. We got about two or three inches of snow yesterday, and it feels like January and not October. Oh, wow. I'm not a huge fan of, but and I didn't get a chance to do a Snow Day song this week. We didn't get enough. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask
0: that. <laughs> what, how much snow does it take for you guys to cancel?
2: Uh, it's, usually around four. If we get four inches or more overnight, that's, that's usually plenty to get us, a, get us a day off of school. Yeah.
0: There is panic in Oklahoma where we're based in the western part of the state because there's a lot of ice that has dragged a lot of the, the trees down. Uh, my pastor just got back from Oklahoma City, and he was saying that all the leaves have not yet fallen. So there's a lot of surface area for the, the frozen, freezing yeah. rain to, yeah. to cling to, and so it's dragging a lot down. It's a mess. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, you are a vice principal in a high school in a very odd time in the history of Earth. So, how are things yeah. going there?
2: We're getting through. You know, we've been, uh, we we go four days a week, everybody here. We're, we're a school of about 350 students. Uh, you know, the biggest challenge is it's an old building. The school was founded in 1881 and it has been added on to numerous times over the years. But... Uh, they're not huge spaces, so to try to maintain social distancing, we have to get creative and use all kinds of spaces around the building. But so far, we've been very fortunate. You know, that's another thing I'm doing is kind of spearheading our coronavirus response stuff. So that's um, given me a couple of sleepless nights over the uh, since oh, May. Uh, and, uh, but we're doing really well. We haven't had a positive case in the building so far. Oh, but, wow. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah, but a lot of folks go to quarantine from time to time, so yeah, that's that's the big part of it.
0: Are you related to the Archdiocese of Omaha, or are you independent, somewhat? Being we're an independent
2: to- Catholic mm-hmm. school, but yes, we are. Uh, you know, we're not an archdiocese in school, but we do you know uh, fall under the auspices of the Archdiocese and, and respond to them. Yes. So,
0: okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, and I'm really interested in the sustainability program that you started. This is all from you, right?
2: No, I mean, I was tapped on the shoulder because I was known that I had an affinity for this type of thing. So, uh, when our head of school, uh, well, actually we were approached by a donor back in 20, late 2016, early 2016, late 20, early 2017, um, with an interest in, in, uh, after Laudato C had been published in 2015 with an interest in saying, Hey, um, uh, you know, this would be something I think Duchenne should, could do a better job at. And so if you find a match for this donation to underwrite, uh, they underwrote a, uh, the Virtus Group is an Omaha-based sustainability firm that works with a lot of organizations and businesses. Um, and so they they paid for, the they underwrote the cost for us to work with Virtus Group for the course of that school year to identify our needs and, and develop some goals. So, uh and so 2017, we launched everything, you know, and I, like I said, my head of school knew I had an interest in this stuff. So she tapped me on the shoulder and said, uh, Hey, how would you like to, to kind of be the face of this? And, and it's one of the favorite things about my job. I love that we are in a school that's responded to this. I think, uh, I, I wish more Catholic institutions did respond to this particular encyclical. Um, but I, we've served as a model, I think for other schools and other and parishes here in the Omaha Archdiocese. And, and I get a lot of it, get a lot of, uh, Phone calls and emails, people asking details on what they can do, and I really enjoy that and I'm proud of the fact that we're, we're on the front. We were named in uh, April, we were named by the uh, U.S. Department of Education as a green ribbon school, mm-hmm. only a mm-hmm. handful of schools over the are across the country this year that get that designation, so we're really, really pleased and happy about that and and, and what that means for us.
0: What has changed over the course of the, the grant? Uh, what's made... Life different we, at your school.
2: Uh, several things we've got. We've got four goals that we're we're shooting for. One is to be zero waste by 2030. So we became the first school in the city of Omaha to develop a to, to incorporate a composting program uh, back in September of 2017. So we compost our uh, lunch waste we we don't use styrofoam or plastics Uh, we use all compostables if something if it can't be washed and it, it, uh, it needs to go somewhere we don't send it to the landfill we send it to a commercial composting facility so food waste those types of things paper towels um, we're currently last, the last waste audit I did, uh, we were at a close to 80% diversion rate of waste from the landfill. So that's a substantial improvement over about the 15% diversion rate we had when we began. Um, we also have a, an aim of being uh, net positive energy by 2030. So we did install, uh, a 12 kilowatt, uh, 30-panel solar array last September on our library roof, so uh, it generates a small amount of electricity, but our our goal was to generate enough power to offset the electricity used in our uh, steam lab on campus, and we exceeded that goal in the past year, so that's good and hopefully a first step toward expanding to some more solar, so uh, we've also got goals for our lunch program and for the classroom, so uh, we made great progress on all of those things, uh, which we're really proud of.
1: You know, back uh, right after Laudato C came out, we had a study group here at St. Mary's, and we started to do little things. So one of the first things we did, and we are blessed to be able to do this but because we can afford, but we, we changed all of our um, – so we, we have plates and, you know, bowls and cups, and we they're all biodegradable. Uh, we put little things in the bulletin recommending – You know, that people would read each week, like, turn off your lights or, you know, different little things. As I was was listening to you, I was thinking, like, what, if you could think of one or two things that a parish might be able to do to kind of implement Laudato Si, to head in that direction, um, what would you recommend?
2: I would say the first thing. I think something that's really worked for us, and is as something that teenagers really, kids can latch on really quick, is to reduce your waste in whatever way you can do that. Even if it's not having the ability to go to composting, at least being conscious about the kinds of products you buy, not just buying the cheapest thing uh, because the styrofoam coffee cups are cheaper than you know than anything else, right? You know, so um, you know, encouraging people to use reusable things as much as possible or investing in those for the parish for, you know, funeral luncheons and and those types of things. Um, I think that it's a really noticeable thing. I mean, you can, and you can easily monitor how much waste is going into that dumpster, how often it's picked up and you can get some good solid numbers pretty quick on that, that I think, uh, People will go, wow! That's that's pretty great. And I think I think you're onto something too with the with the reduction of uh, you know energy reduction. You know, when it comes to making decisions in the parish, when it's time to you know the when the, the furnace kicks, you know, is, is on the fritz, and or when there's upgrades that need to be done, you know. Uh, if you can, work it into the budget to pay a little bit extra to do something that's got a little higher energy efficient or to improve your insulation, to improve the windows that you're putting in. I mean, that's something we're an ongoing process as an old building of, of you know, upgrading our windows and, uh, you know, if you can leak as much heat and cool depending on the time of year as possible, um, you know, that'll help your bottom line too with the money you're saving. So if you could, if you could couch it in a way that you're also saving money, uh, While well, you save the environment, I think that often resonates with people too. Yes.
1: How
0: do uh, how did the kids kind of respond to it? The all the changes at the school were they were they kind of does it like affect them that much, or does it really kind of inspire them to be better stewards of
2: uh, the planet? I, I think it's I think it's they they're really proud of the fact that we're doing this. They're on board with it. Uh, they you know, we 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 do exit interviews every year with our seniors, and every year we hear them say how how much they're going to take this beyond when they go to college or it's helping affect their career choices that they want to go into environmental engineering or environmental law or these kinds of things so uh, uh, the kids are kids are into it so they 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 really they really do a great job with it
0: do you hear stories of them taking it home talking their oh, parents yeah. into I, yeah
2: <laughs> i've get parents contacting me and telling me thanks a lot my daughter wants to start a compost pile <laughs> 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 so, so you know, I've got my resources. Like, well, you know, there's other ways around it. You don't have to have big th- stinky pile of rotting food in your backyard. You know, if you do it right, you know, here's some ways to do it and some methods you can use. Yeah, I, I a lot of our teachers are doing it now too. I've got teachers riding their bikes to school instead of driving their car, and students walking if they live in the neighborhood. So, um, yeah, yeah, it's 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 been highly successful. We we really. I couldn't be any more pleased with how we're doing, and we always make sure we we mention that we're doing this uh, as part of our Catholic mission, mm-hmm. as you know, as responding to Pope Francis' call for all of us and be sharing this common home of the Earth. That we need to take care of each other, and we want the Earth to be around for a while, so we can continue to thrive on it. Then uh, we need to do our part to make that happen.
1: You know, I remember uh, it's been gosh, if math, I have a twenty-four. It's got to be ten years ago. We had a vacation Bible school, and they were, it was before Pope Francis, before Pope Francis, but before, and they're, they're, one of their things that they did was um, they talked about recycling, they talked about caring for the earth, and they went and volunteered it, like up with trees, you know, planting trees, and it was all part of this care of God's creation, and at that time, I'm embarrassed to say, but we were not recycling, you know, like we were just, we should have been, and we intended to, and it wasn't easy, and My kids came home and said, we need to, you know, so it is that trickle down, you know, like whatever you're teaching them as they're going home and saying, start a compost. So it really does impact, you know, more than just. And, and I've known for
2: years that this was something that teenagers especially had an interest in and mm-hmm. affinity and, and for. I mean, we've had a number of student groups over I've been here over 20 years, you know, number of student groups over that time that have kind of started and dropped off, started, dropped off. So when we were able to support it at the institutional level. Uh, you know, I think that that's really what helped it take off. So the interest has always been there. It's been the follow through that's been missing. And now that we have that follow through, it's it's the sky's the limit.
0: That's awesome. What's next for the school? Do you have any uh, future plans?
2: Uh, as far as sustainability goes, right. and With other things as well, well. Well, you know, I'd love to. I'd love to add more solar panels. I'd love to increase, uh, you know, decrease our carbon footprint that way. Uh, transportation is an issue. You know, we we draw students from all over the Omaha metro area, and so uh, you know, encouraging carpooling or alternative ways to get to school is something that I. Would love to emphasize, and that's that's a huge challenge. Uh, you know, just just getting people from point A to point B in an efficient way, and so that, that's that's next on my checklist.
1: So, one thing I wanted to ask you about is, I hear you and Mike were in a band back in uh, when you were at St. Meinard. <laughs> Mike doesn't know this question is coming. <laughs>
2: The acoustic chainsaw. That's right.
1: Oh my god! Oh, that
0: was the name of the band. That was the band. Yeah. That, wasn't that was in your style of music. It was the, yeah. the acoustic chainsaw. <laughs> the acoustic okay. acoustic it chainsaw.
2: was not acoustic. I don't know where the name came. Oh, okay. from. Okay. Yeah. Mike, Mike was yeah. our guitarist. So yeah. He, he was. He was shredding it.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we made a lot of noise. Who are uh, Who are your inspirations? Like who Who did you model your band after? Uh, we played a lot of what Hendrix and Zeppelin, and yeah, uh, I think some, we
2: were more of a classic rock band yeah. with. the Orange thrown in, and then yeah we
0: we played some of the hits of the day, but mind you, this was what ninety four ninety <laughs> yeah. five so we'd green day and the oh, okay. offspring and things yeah, like yeah. that, you played yeah. for the seminary, yeah, yeah, we had weird had monks, they we were yeah. bopping along yeah. to it, it was um,
2: fun, yeah, we had a little we had a little uh, eatery slash bar on campus, you know, so we'd frequently play there on a Friday or Saturday night, and yeah. Yeah, get a good, pretty good little crowd down
0: there. Well, and Father Matt Gerlock was a bartender there. Yeah. For a yeah, long oh, time. there he goes. So, Yeah.
1: Well, he could have joined you in your band. He can sing.
0: He can sing. He's great. Yeah, he never, I don't think that, our musical taste and his lined up perfectly <laughs> even good point
1: that. good point i think point. that's
0: fair to say right. so
1: but so eric you started just to go back to these uh un- singing announcements so first you start out with the what were you called again the acoustic chainsaw
0: acoustic chainsaw yeah
1: <laughs> and now you're a vice principal singing um you know announcements to disney tunes um <laughs> How did that come about, and uh, how did it become so kind of well known? I mean, you got some attention there.
2: Well, I I, I don't even know what year it was. It's got to be about six years ago now. I think five or six years ago, the first one. I, we were we were sitting at our annual fundraiser. I was sitting at a table with my principal and and a couple other teachers, and we there was a you know we were watching the weather. There was snow brewing on the horizon. This is a Saturday night, you know, and we Monday's looking looking kind of like a possibility so my principal said hey you should we have this system where we send messages over the phone you know and, you should write a song to for the snow day so i so i did and <laughs> it, that first one really took off it was crazy i mean i don't know i i don't know how many hits it ended up getting but I, we sat my wife and i sat there on monday on, on facebook one of the local news channels state shared it and i mean we could watch the likes get up into the tens of thousands oh, wow. and I mean, it was it was being shared in Australia. I was getting phone calls and and inquiries from local media and other places, and it was it was really bizarre. It was uh, it was crazy. None of them have been quite as popular since then, thankfully. So, but the first one.
0: <laughs> well, I remember seeing that on Facebook. And I, I thought, I "Hey, wait a minute! Him. I know that guy."
1: So yeah,
2: that was something. Oh,
1: my kids would we would have all loved to have received a singing message in the morning. Letting us know. Yeah, the one and
2: the time have gone viral. But my kids were embarrassed, you know, They yeah. you know, <laughs> dad, the dad did this. But.
0: As your own kids tend to be. Yeah. Yes. Yeah.
1: Well, um, I'm sure Mike told you we're called uh, Glory Be Interesting People and How They Pray. And so it's uh, that time of the podcast to chat with you about your prayer. Uh, one of the things about the academy where you teach is that it said it's part of the Sacred Heart Network of Schools. Which was founded by Saint Madeleine Sophie Barat. I don't. I have never heard of her. Um, who is she, and does her spirituality impact the way you pray, uh, the way your school prays?
2: Oh, abs- absolutely. I, I've, I've been influenced by many different traditions over the time. You know, Mike and I went to uh, Saint Meinrad College Seminary together, so was educated by Benedictines. I've got two uh, master's degrees from Creighton University, so the Jesuits have had an influence on me as well, and. And certainly, the religious of the Sacred Heart, uh, having been here at, at Duchenne for the last 23, 24 years, have really had a tremendous impact on me, too. So, yeah, Madeleine Sophie Barra was a French woman. She founded the Society of the Sacred Heart in 1800 in in France. Um, I've had the good fortune over the years, I every two years, I put together a, a, a group of students and adults and parents, and we travel to. France and visit these places that uh, are important in our heritage and in our history so we visit her birthplace in Joigny in Burgundy France um, we visit the birthplace of our namesake Saint Rose Philippine Duchenne uh, in Grenoble in southern France in the Alps uh, places in Paris and and just really been inspired by these places and the people i have met over that time too. So, you know, the Sacred Heart is, uh, Sophie grew up in a time in Paris, in uh, France, I'm sorry, during the French Revolution. So she uh, was uh, very deeply affected by that trauma and that terror. Uh, her uh, her own family was touched by it. Um, and she very purposefully chose the Sacred Heart as an image of 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 the love of the heart of Jesus to the world of, of love and mercy and compassion and empathy and forgiveness. Um, so you can't help but be here and, and, and absorb those types of things. I, I, you know, I'm the oldest of five boys. I didn't have any sisters. So to be in an environment that is overwhelmingly female with 350 students and faculty and staff are all overwhelmingly female has just, I think, I can't undersell uh, the impact that's had on my life as well and uh, has helped me to be a much more empathetic person and to uh, and to to see the eye, world through the eyes of women. You know, recently we celebrated the, uh, the, the women's suffrage, for example, you know, which, you know, as a man in America, that probably wouldn't have meant a whole lot to me, you know, but being in this environment and and how we talked about it and how we commemorated it uh, uh, you know it's, it's, it's eye-opening every day for me here so uh, so Sophie's had a big part in that as she founded the society I wouldn't be here if that uh, if that weren't the case and uh, we we're guided by five goals as a school there are, there are 24 schools of the Sacred Heart in the United States and Canada and we all we all share the, the same guiding principles called the five goals of Sacred Heart education and uh, their you know, personal act of faith in god a deep respect for intellectual values um, a social awareness which impels to action the building of community as a christian value and a personal growth and an atmosphere of wise freedom and so those are the kind of values we we, we work hard to uh to nurture in our students uh, and in ourselves as adults and they certainly have helped shape and form me as i've as I've grown and matured in my own life, as a, as an educator and as a as a as a spouse and as a as a parent.
1: Mm. Well, that's beautiful. You know, you mentioned too that you were educated by the Jesuits, as was I. <laughs> and uh, Great. Yes. Uh, I was went to Western Jesuit School of Theology back a, many years ago, but certainly uh, Jesuit spirituality and the Ignatian contemplation and all of that. Um, is is part of my spirituality Do, is that does that impact you you mentioned you graduated from creighton and
2: a- ab- absolutely my wife is a creighton alum as well and uh, we have a number of friends who you know work at creighton teach at creighton um and about uh oh six seven years ago my wife and i joined uh, a, a group here in omaha called the ignatian associates and it is uh lay men and women who uh have an affinity for Ignatian spirituality. Uh, we do I, I, with the spiritual director. I did the 19th annotation of, of the Spiritual Exercises, you know, seven years ago or so. I'm, currently, we've got a new group of about seven or eight uh, people who are in formation, and I'm one of three people on the formation tra- team helping them to learn Ignatian spirituality. Uh, it's a uh, to me, it has been just a, a very liberating way to look at my own spirituality, uh, how God is working in my life and in the things around me, you know, maybe not do the examine as frequently as I should, but when I do, it's, I, I think I kind of incorporate it throughout my day just unwittingly, you know, and uh, check myself and, and have some uh, appreciation for moments as they, as they occur, uh, whether it be at work or at home. Uh, they frequently guide my my daily walks. You know, looking back on my day and and you know what went well and and, and where, where where can I do a little better job next time. So, uh, absolutely, Ignatian spirituality has been uh, you know, and I see that in Pope Francis too. I I really have a deep respect and admiration for him and how he approaches the world and the church and and uh, as someone who who in, enjoys and, and lives the Ignatian spirituality as much as I, I can, I, uh, I, I see that in, in his words and actions as well, which is really inspiring to me.
0: That's awesome. Well, one of the questions we ask... Everybody who's on the show, you're guest number 12 uh, oh. in, a, in a long, esteemed list. That's very, you,
2: that's very <laughs> biblical, by the way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I'm not Judas. Yeah. He's usually a 12th one. So. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, then, speaking of that, was there a moment in your life where you that you wish to share where you found it especially difficult to pray? And how did you get through that?
2: Oh, boy. I, you know I, in the more Ignatian spirituality terms I mean there are periods of consolation and desolation very often in in my life I um, I've, I've never felt this sense of abandonment by God I've never felt that uh, I've never felt that God wasn't there I've come to understand how God is there in different ways or where God wasn't in times when I thought maybe God was there and I was mistaken or vice versa. Um, Honestly, I think maybe coming out of the sexual abuse crisis uh, is something for me that really made it difficult, having been somebody who grew up in the church, went to Catholic, was Catholic educated all the way through grade school and high school, college, who was in the seminary, who was deeply shaped and formed by the church and loved so much about it. Uh, a sense of betrayal that I had felt in the wake of that and disappointment in leadership um, was kind of a, probably one of the darkest spots. And honestly, it's, it's not something that's done and gone. It's something that's ongoing. And, and so those, you know, those those periods of disappointment continue to reveal themselves from time to time. So uh, that's, that's probably been the hardest part. And, you know, I think one thing Ignatian spirituality has helped me to see about myself and my own spiritual director has been wonderful at this is, um, you know, being able to see myself and my life of faith as intertwined with the church, but also as independent from that, you know, I can be a person of faith and a man of faith um, and, and have questions and doubts and, and and be upset with, uh, with developments in the church and, and, and not let that you know lead to a wholesale rejection of, of the church or of God as a result of that so.
0: okay and then here's one more uh, question we ask everybody if you could ask the entire world to join you in prayer for a specific intention, what would that be
2: Well that's an easy one this week a week away from from uh, an election here in the us you know I pray for uh, I pray for in our country. I pray for uh, wisdom and understanding, for compassion uh, in the next week, and then in, in in the future, whatever the results of this election will be. That uh, that we treat each other as sisters and brothers uh, with love and with care uh, in, in the wake of the election as well. That's my that's my big prayer every day. It's something front and center in my mind. So.
1: Great.
0: Well, I hope everybody does join you in that. I think that's, that's a great prayer. Would, uh, one way that we close every week is we ask our, our featured guest uh, to lead us in a glory be. Would you I'm mind sure. doing that, Eric? Okay,
2: Absolutely, absolutely. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be, world without end, amen. Amen. That was great. Yep, Thank you, Eric. Thank you for this opportunity. It was great to meet you.
0: Glory B is a production of the Office of Communications at the Church of St. Mary in Tulsa, Oklahoma. I'm your producer, Mike Malcolm. See you next week.